Hey guys, it's Mike at Narcoleptic Customs Podcast, episode 37. We have Mr. Aaron Mick with Comp Cams on tonight or today, I guess for you guys. Um, Aaron and I go way back, like uh, 23 or four years back. Uh, we've been friends for a very long time. He's a great dude. And uh, since working at Comp in 2006, uh, he has been our go-to guy for a ton of builds. We've ordered all kinds of cams and things like that for us uh, or from him. And uh, he's, I don't know, the level of knowledge that he has is uh, way more than I'll ever have, obviously, on that stuff. So we just trust him and uh, <laughs> let him help us pick our stuff out. So the cool thing about Comp is they offer fuel injection, you know, electronic fuel injection. They offer cam and everything valve train related, obviously. Uh, and that's the department he's in. They have TCI converters or TCI transmissions, which have full transmissions and converters and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and he can do all of that. He is a sales, national sales, or I don't know, whatever the hell he is. I don't know. He handles stuff for customers. He explains it later in a lot better terms than what I did there. But he, uh, it, this is a great interview. I think you guys will really enjoy the story behind uh, like how he ended up there, what he did before, and uh, and obviously how we know each other. So, all right, I'll let him get to telling that. I will say we are loading a lot of our podcast to our YouTube channel. We post new videos on the channel uh, Tuesdays and Friday nights at 7 p.m., and then we post pictures of our stuff from the shop, for the, uh, for the work we're doing in the shop, just about every day on Instagram and Facebook. And probably weekly on TikTok. So, all right, guys, follow us everywhere. We certainly appreciate you listening. Let's get to hearing Aaron. All right, guys, you're in luck. I have Mr. Aaron Mick of Comp Cams. Uh, I'll give you guys a little backstory. Aaron and I have known each other for a long time. Uh, we were just talking before we started recording that we are getting old, not just looking old anymore. So, <laughs> it's uh, it's what happens. Holy shit, what was that? <laughs> Damn jet flying over your house. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> All right, so uh, to give it to Arkansas, it was probably more of a crop duster, but <laughs> probably. <laughs> I saw you ducking there. You know, holy shit, what the hell is happening here? Uh, all right, so everybody, uh, Aaron works at Comp. We'll get into all the kind of stuff that he does uh, daily here in just a minute. But one thing, I, you know, we've talked to like uh, Tuned by JP, and we've talked to some engine builders like Mike Lau and uh, Ryan Mueller and stuff like that. And so Aaron is uh, really on the front end of that stuff. Um, a lot of those guys call you guys for, uh, you know, cam orders and recommendations and all that kind of stuff. So what's your biggest pet peeve when, uh, when a regular customer calls in? Man, I'll, uh, probably the thing that drives me the craziest is when somebody calls in to ask me my opinion or my advice I'll, uh, for their setup, and then we go through their whole build and I give it to them. You know, we, we, we spend time and I'll, uh, invest in getting them to the right deal and then they kind of want to come back and like argue with it oh uh you know like oh well you know my buddy said i should do this and i was thinking this like don't get me wrong i will always make whatever a customer wants <laughs> oh but 
It's like, if you want something specific, it's totally cool. Just tell me up front and man, <laughs> so I'll get you all off the phone a lot shorter. <laughs> yeah, right. right? I'll, yeah. Uh, oh, but it's, it's usually the, you know, well, the internet told me this or my buddy told me this and I, I, I hate for it to ever sound arrogant, but I'm always in the back of my mind. It's just like, man, what does that guy do for a living? Oh, not collect camshafts? Okay. A hundred percent agree with that. Oh, shit. And I tell you, I've, and t in the Mike Lau podcast, I talked about this. I was like, I literally called Aaron and was like, dude, this is what I'm building. Please make something work. And it's been spot on the whole time. So good. It, good. it, it has worked well. So uh, what is it like working for such, I mean, I, I have in my notes, I have like, what's it like working at a leading performance company, but like y'all are like the shit, you know what I mean? Y'all do a ton of really cool stuff. So what's Dude. it like working there in the middle of all of that? Man, most of the time, it's a lot of fun. I'll, um, you know, just to be honest, I'll, uh, like it, 90% of the time, it's a really, really cool job. Having said that, it is still a job. You know, they call it work for a reason. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we, we have rough days and I get frustrated. I'll, um, and, you know, I, I've walked out of there on a Friday before not real sure I was coming back on Monday <laughs> uh, um, you know but I think I um, you know one thing that always just jumps out at me when I think about the the people I get to deal with and the amount of knowledge that I get to be privy to on a daily basis is one time I was in the engine masters and we went to dinner with a bunch of guys that were competing in the in the build uh afterwards i'm sitting there at the table and i'm looking around and it's me from comp there's a guy next to me who i knew real well that works for lenati cams i uh, directly across the table from me is kevin fisher uh engine builder out of tennessee uh does a lot of oh uh you know did some bush car nationwide top engines and a lot of sprint outlaw sprints different things oh mm -hmm. uh, john Cosy. Tony Bischoff, Lanny from Shelby Engine Company, oh, um, and uh, there was a couple other people there too. And it's just you're, you're looking around that table and you're like, "Holy crap!" You know, when <laughs> 14 year old Aaron used to read about all these guys in magazines, yep. and never once ever considered being at a dinner table with all of them. Just the amount of knowledge at that table oh, um, was incredible. And awesome. it's experiences like that night that always make me come back on Monday. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So uh, we won't get into the specifics, but I got us kicked out of a Hooters one time. Uh, yes, yes, you did. At a race. <laughs> and there was a lot of really cool people at that table too. Absolutely there was. <laughs> you getting us kicked out. If I remember it wrongly, I'm sure. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, I, I would say your actions were justified given the circumstances. <laughs> Yeah, that one time. We're not going to tell any. We're not going to go back to that story. All right. No, no, no. So, so I think you kind of answered a little bit of that uh, there. You said uh, fourteen-year-old Aaron, but like, let's go back just a little bit. Like ten or eleven-year-old Aaron. Is that is he a car guy? Is yeah. He with it. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much. I uh, pretty much from the get-go. Um, oh, 
I've just always been into cars. Oh, um, oh, it was always something that appealed to me. Like really, like when I was a kid, just anything transportation oriented, you know, like most humans, like, oh, cool, look, mom, there's a train, you know. Yeah. Oh, um, but cars were something, you know, that I knew one day, like I could, I can own one of those. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, you know, one day I'll get to drive too, and it was just they, it pulled me right in. Oh, uh, awesome. I had never really let go. That's awesome. So uh, your dad, when we were in high school, your dad had some cool stuff, right? Like at one time? Not my dad. I, um, so my grandpa thinking? on my mom's side was a big car guy. I, um, gotcha. so he kind of made sure that all the, all the kids on, on, in that family all had cool cars <laughs> for their first car. Like my mom's first uh, car was a 65 Fastback 289 Hypo car. That's I, cool. Um, Oh, uh, you know, so that, you know, helped, you know, pique my interest. And then I had an uncle on my dad's side. He always had cool cars, like outrageously cool cars, like, Mm. you know, Ferrari, Viper, Rolls Royce, like, oh, uh, this high end stuff that I'll never be able to afford. (laughs) But it was always really cool getting to ride around in it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, you know, you and I met uh, in high school. And yep. so before that, like, like, uh, what'd you get to learn to drive in? Like, tell us that background. Man, um, so originally, uh, my, my dad started letting me drive his car, you know, before I actually had a license. Oh, um, and it was, uh, it was just a, a Toyota Camry. Uh, and my mom would let me drive her some, and it was a Mercury Sable. Both are like the most uninspiring cars ever. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, the the deal that they made with me is they were uh, they would buy my car when I turned sixteen, make sure it was in good working order. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had to pay for insurance, gas, and any repairs after the fact. Uh, um, so. My dad and I went car shopping like every weekend for a year. Oh, oh my uh, from God. Like, you know, the day I turned 15, we were in the market, uh, in Aaron's <laughs> opinion anyway. I'm not sure if yeah. he agrees. But, yeah. uh, um, so I was always dragging him to look at some car, truck, or whatever that I thought was cool. <laughs> oh, and um, he really wanted to give me his Camry. I was thinking like, hey, this is a really, you know, it's a good gas mod car. It's safe, you know, it's super reliable. <laughs> yeah. I, um, and I just was not having it. Uh, and finally, he, I really, really wanted a Fox Body Mustang. That that was my car that I, I was really after. Yeah. Um, and finally, he just caved in. Uh, and um, that's what I ended up getting. Uh, that's so awesome. I got an 88 notchback five liter car, which is the car I uh, had when you met me. Yep. Yep. You had that one for a while. Uh, and yeah. you, you had done like gears and Flowmaster. Oh yeah. Yep. You know, everybody flows, did. Man. Yeah, dude. Two chain. <laughs> I was telling somebody the other day, uh, they were here in the shop and I was like, man, I said, I had this S10 blazer with V8 and all this kind of stuff. I said, and it had Flowmasters back when they had chamber, like when you bought it by the chamber, like two right. chamber, <laughs> chamber flows, you know, so <laughs> Uh, dude, that was that was a long time ago. So uh, let's fast forward. So yep. uh, I'll tell you, you're married and you have a son who that's right got a four wheeler. 
He does. He does. Yeah. So I'm so excited for you to take him on that journey with that. So uh, the, the question I do have, um, have you shown him how to do wheelies yet? Not. I haven't shown him how to do them yet. He's kind of working on it himself a little I, bit. Okay, okay. I'll, I can, um, I can I'll, deal with that. But I want him to keep getting a little bit better before Dad starts showing him the tricks how uh, to do. Um, oh, as a matter of fact, right now uh, I've got a uh, this weekend. I've I've got to replace the uh, uh, the gaskets on the carburetor because uh, we nice. ran some gassed it with ethanol in it and it was not happy about that <laughs> but it's what i had available and he was riding and he was out of gas and he needed to go <laughs> it was time listen dad we ain't got yep. time to go to the gas station Put that's me right <laughs> that's awesome so let's talk project cars dude because uh you no longer have a fox body uh right to give everybody the story on the cobra oh so uh it's a 2004 uh um, yellow Mustang Cobra. Uh, um, oh, it's a basic, you know, our uh, ported pulley blower, the normal kind of bolt on, you know, cold air intake, exhaust, tune, kind of a deal. 04 Cobra. Uh, it's also got a set of comp cams, uh, springs, retainers, and adjustable cam gears in it. Um, oh, and uh, our uh, time and chain and everything. Uh, Currently, uh, it should make mid 500s to the tire. I gotta go uh, let my wife in. Hey, keep talking, keep telling people. Oh, I gotta leave a letter. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, hopefully, soon it's getting a new, uh, a new blower. Uh, oh, not sure if we're going with a VMP or a Whipple, uh, but one or the other. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I had to lock the front door. Wife was at a restaurant with some friends, and uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, you went and took care of business. You did the right thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. So uh, you also have another project, or had last time we were talking. Um, so Monte Carlo Regal, tell us what uh, what was it? Like some V six Monte Carlo or something like that. Oh, you still with me, Mike? You got me now? I got you now. Okay. Hey, so you had a, uh, you had like a Monte Carlo or something? Yeah. Uh, the yep. V6 car, some loophole, project loophole or something? Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Um, so um, through work, uh, I get to, I get to deal with a lot of different types of racing. Uh, uh, and it's kind of expanded my horizons in what I was interested in, in racing. Um, mostly I'm a, I'm, I'm into drag racing, real specifically like small tire, you know, fast street cars, no prep. Now, that's what I kind of tend to gravitate towards. Uh, but the more we worked around stock eliminator, uh, the more impressed I became with those cars and the amount of work, um, and thought that actually has to go into those cars to make those things go fast. Like, you know, you go back to. Uh, when I first started at comp, I was like, ah, stock eliminator, the home of the trailered in 11 second car, you know, like my car in the parking lot goes just as fast and I drove it here. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, but after actually like being involved in it and learning more about it and like the, the amount of restrictions on those cars and how fast they go for how restricted they are, it's like, oh, wait a second, this is actually really cool and forces you to be really innovative. Mm, uh, um, cool. So me and a couple guys at work decided we wanted to do that. 
Um, but we wanted, uh, we wanted to win, you know, we wanted to break the <laughs> index on something. Uh, so we jumped on uh, classracer.com, did some research and, uh, obviously we have a pretty limited budget. Um, so trying to go way faster than the index, uh, is fairly expensive on most stuff. So we kept searching until we found something that, you know, maybe had some looser rules governing the, the engine. Uh, <laughs> and we came up with this uh, 87 Monte Carlo 4.3 V6 car. Um, so for stock eliminator, the rules are relatively loose. Um, nice. So, and uh, Project Loophole was born. That's awesome. So what's the story with it? Like, have you guys been messing with it much or is life and work just taking over too much time? Well, life and work has definitely gotten in the way. And uh, of course, this year, the crazy COVID crisis has kind of put everything on hold. Um, so we haven't worked on it much this year, but um, we've got it. Uh, it's just about ready to go. Like it's, oh, uh, we've got a good trans in it. We've got a good converter in it. We've got some good suspension under it. Uh, we've taken a bunch of weight out of it. Uh, so, <laughs> Uh, we've got a good set of heads on it. Uh, oh my god! Pan. On a four, four, three, Monte Carlo. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. How? Uh, so, how? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's gonna be neat. So, uh, our our ultimate goal is uh, number one qualifier at Indy. There you go. Uh, so that uh, so just so everybody knows, like you don't have to make the fastest pass to be number one qualifier. You just have to exceed your index by the most. Oh, uh, so uh, our index on it, and I'm, I may be uh, misremembering. I'd have to go back and double check myself. But I think our index is like 1580. Uh, and we kind of want to be able to run like high 13s, or at least that's, that's what we think we can do. That's awesome. Um, so if we can eclipse the index by nearly two seconds, uh, You're that in. gives us actually a legit shot. Um, to, <laughs> that's uh, to awesome. <laughs> that's, that's fun. And talk about, like, I can't imagine the conversations, like, folks at y'all's level of, uh, like, ability and stuff to just be sitting there trying to figure out how to run, like, a 13-8. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and be excited about it be like hell yeah this is what we're doing right oh yeah yeah it's uh Crazy. it's hilarious I, uh, when we've taken it out to the track you know like people are just looking at you like why is is that guy showing up with a v-suit car and got a helmet yeah. on and yeah <laughs> why is he so excited about a 14-1 <laughs> yes yeah yeah <laughs> you would think we just you know broke the land speed record <laughs> or something after every pass because we're just jumping up and down but that's awesome that's awesome so uh before working at comp man tell everybody what you did uh well uh before working at comp i was in the army oh um oh uh i got out of the army uh in april of 2006 i got to come home um then uh I worked, uh, I just took a, a quick job that paid the bills for a bit at a place called Touch Ups Automotive. So I fixed like cigarette burns and, and seats and dyed carpets and windshield mm -hmm. chips and paint chips on bumpers and that kind of a thing. Um, kind of really just trying to figure out like what I wanted to do career wise. 
Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I had a couple of buddies that worked at comp cams um, that I'd known for, for several years before I'd gone in the army or anything that would street race together and go on the track together and stuff. And one of them was actually uh, by this point, my roommate, uh, and both just kind of set me down one day when I'm, you know, sitting around trying to figure out what to do with my life. They're like, man, why don't you come apply at comp? And I was just like, well, like, I don't really have a lot of like formal training. Uh, and they're like, dude, you know, like you're, you're fairly sharp. Like you, you do this stuff, like, you know, it, we can yep. teach you everything else. Uh, um, so I, I applied, uh, mostly I got the job because, uh, they vouched for me. And uh, they're like, well, we'll give you a 90-day trial period, um, see how you do. And, uh, oh, they never came back and told me I was fired. So uh, I've been there for almost 14 years now. (laughs) Damn, dude, that's awesome. So what did you do when you first started? Uh Uh-oh. When I first started, I was on the tech line. Um, But um, so you come in and you you train – and you, you really like you spend a couple of months basically in training, uh, which means mm-hmm. like a, a senior tech there kind of babysits you. Uh, and you, you start off just like listening to him talk to people on the phone and then they, they kind of teach you the, the internal computer system and they, they, you know, try to train you how to pick camshafts and uh, what questions you need to ask and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, then usually around month three, you kind of get to go on the phone yourself uh, but under the watchful eye uh, of other guys around you, uh, kind of a deal <laughs> who, you know, try to listen to your conversation. And uh, the, my first day when they turned me loose on the phone by myself, uh, they, uh, they activated my phone and looked at me and they're like, okay, try not to slow anybody down. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So what do you do now? <clears throat> so, uh, from there, I've gone on and uh, I've done a couple of different positions, uh, but now I'm in a department what we call engine builder sales. Uh, so basically, I do. Uh, I've got about 250, 275 accounts uh, um, that are uh, like I'm their guy at comp, so, um, and so they call me for technical support sales support and account support. Uh, Damn, dude, so that's like crazy. I, I basically take care of them. That's crazy. So you have like... Oh, it I know, is a full-time I, gig for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know you take care of uh, some guys out of Canada because uh, they were at the same dinner at uh, Hooters that night. And uh, I mean, so... Yep, you, I try. Yeah, are you... Uh, are you helping folks all over the country? Like, do you kind of have an area? Like, what's the what's the plan for you? How do you end up with a client or a customer? Well, um, so to answer your question, yes, I help guys all across the country, and I have Canadian customers as well. I've, I've got uh, customers in Finland, the Netherlands, Australia, uh, UK. Uh, Got a guy down in Puerto Rico. Uh, got a guy Damn. over in the UAE. Um, oh, so I uh, definitely kind of run the gamut. What we do at Comp is a little bit different approach um, than what, the way some guys, uh, some places do it. So some places kind of try to give a guy, you know, like, hey, you're responsible for, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas, you know, per se, or mm-hmm. you know, give them areas. We tend to try to match up 
slash sales guys with customer personalities. Uh, Or like if uh, we've got a guy that's especially strong on something, like say we got a guy that's real, real big into, uh, you know, dirt track, late model, sprint cars. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll try to gravitate a lot of sprint car, dirt, late model customers over to that guy. That Uh, makes sense. We all do, we all do everything. Um, certainly because you, you have to be able to do everything. <laughs> yes. uh, but we do try to kind of pair customers with uh, well, their account reps as best as we possibly can. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, one thing that I think not a lot of people know because there are a ton of CAM companies uh, across the nation, but what percentage of CAMs does comp CAMs cut for people? Man, um, we've, we've not done a thorough investigation in the past few years of that specific um, number, but I think we would be real safe to say we do about 80% of the marketplace as far yeah, as like awesome. market performance camshafts go. That's awesome. And oh, it, and it of, may actually be a little bit higher, but yeah, eighty percent's a big ass number, <laughs> so that's fine by us. <laughs> that's really cool. Um, and the comp cams part of stuff, is, the headquarters is in Memphis, and uh, is yep. your manufacturing facility there too, or do you guys have facilities all over the world? Well, um, so our primary manufacturing facility is in Memphis. Um, We also have another uh, smaller uh, machining manufacturing facility in Michigan uh, Mm. that is owned by the company. Um, And uh, then now uh, we've kind of merged lately uh, with Edelbrock. Mm -hmm. Um, So Edelbrock has... Uh, facilities out in uh, Torrance, California, uh, another yep. town in California, about an hour south of Torrance, and uh, their carburetors are manufactured in North Carolina. Uh, so all of those are uh, part of our group now as well. That's cool. That's cool. So um, ha- have you seen many changes as far as like with them coming on um, or you guys merging, I guess really is probably the better way to phrase that. Um, as far as like maybe more products that'll be coming down the line from you guys Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. So, um, it's, a it's a big process. Like it, it sounds like it should, you know, mesh much easier than it is to actually make it mesh. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's realistically going to be a couple of year process before we're a hundred percent streamlined together. Um, but, yeah, we've absolutely already started cross-training guys. Uh, That's cool. Our engineers are sharing information with their engineers. Uh, we actually had more um, on-site engineers, in-house engineers, um, uh, currently anyway, than what Edelbrock had. Uh, yeah. So we picked up a couple of projects that they were working on that they kind of had to back burner just because their engineers had the, the person to get to it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, going, going forward, I think, uh, you will see a lot more blended stuff together, cold cooperation between the companies and, and maybe trying to put together some, some package type stuff. Right. That makes sense. So 
in my mind while you're talking there, I was just going back through all the places you just named off as far as across the world. Have you gotten to, I know you've been to Canada uh, a couple of times for a customer up there. I think I remember you saying at one time, but I mean, any places across the world you've been to see folks? Um, not across the world. I've been to, at this point, I think I've, I've hit 40 out of 50 states in the U.S. Uh, um, with Kong. That's um, nuts, uh, man. Not as much this year and last year, but there for yeah. a while, man, I was, uh, my wife accused me of having a second family in Canada. <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I've been all over Canada. That's, that's awesome. So, um, <laughs> traveling like that, and then events are a big thing for you too, because uh, we, we've discussed that. What are some of your favorite events but then also is there like an event an annual event that you're like I've got this is one I'm working man I'll um there's a lot of good ones uh I'll tell you probably probably my all-time most fun event was the Woodward Dream Cruise uh oh yeah that'd be cool yeah Um, um, uh, that's a really cool one just because the extreme diversity of of cars and trucks and hot rod. I mean, you'd see a 34 Roadster go by, you know, and here comes a, you know, 70 Chevelle and, you know, right behind him is a Bugatti Veyron, you know, it, it just, awesome. uh, it was everything. Uh, uh, but PRI and SEMA are both spectacular. Um, uh, Power Tour is a lot of fun. Drag mm-hmm. Week's a lot of fun. Uh, they're not near as much fun to work as they are to go on <laughs> as a participant, uh, yeah. but uh, they are really cool events. That's awesome. So that that actually sets up the next one because, you know, for Rocky Mountain Race Week 2.0, uh, we're taking the cart. So I was going to ask you, what are some tips uh, that you can give us to uh, to get ready? Man, I'll uh, always, always pack an extra outfit, at least one, uh, and some extra socks and underwear. Oh, because yeah. man, I've I've been delayed. Uh, now, I mean, you guys will be driving, not flying, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I've missed flights, had flights canceled. Uh, but you never know. I mean, cars break down too. Oh I'll, yeah. Uh, uh, so so always be prepared to stay for a couple of extra days than what you <laughs> planned. Well, um, and, and we were talking, so I've visited with a couple like. Uh, race week and drag week veterans and they were like look just pack extra clothes because you're gonna wear them you're gonna sweat through them you know they're like yep. just all the underwear you have bring them <laughs> so um, yeah yeah that is true I, uh, I also always travel with my own bottle opener and my own koozie because you never know when the beer is going to break out. That's that's exactly. Well, I was going to say new guys always buy beer, right? So that's the uh, that's that's the rule I'm going. Absolutely, on. that's a rule. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's dig a little deep in here because uh, I'm sure there's some folks that are listening that are kind of interested in this side of stuff. So like C8 Corvette comes out. How like do yep. you guys get that stuff early? Like being as big of a company, or do you have to wait for like somebody to get one and bring it to you? Um, it depends. Is the is the answer? Sometimes the OEs will pass us something early um, if they want 
um, to build some aftermarket support for it. Mm -hmm. um, oh, other times, like in, in your specific example on the C8 Corvette, uh, none of us ha have seen one in person yet. I mean, as far as like getting to put hands on one, you know, yeah. we've seen one going to the road, but yeah, I'll, tearing uh, heads off of something so you figure out how to put a camera. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I'll, uh, so we may uh, have even been guilty of occasionally uh, renting a, a new car, um, you know, and uh, yep. pulling it apart and looking at some things. I'll, um, I'll <laughs> putting it back together. And taken place before. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, let's talk about new products. Uh, so, you know, new, new model car comes out uh, or really uh, electronic fuel injection has been a big deal. You know, I mean, we love yep. it. We've put it on a bunch of different cars for folks. Um, walk us through like, is there a team of people, R&D, that are literally like chomping at the bit to produce new stuff, get new stuff? Are they like, give me all you can get me and then we'll make products out of that. Is that, is that like a whole thing? Yes. Oh, um, yeah. Short, short answer is yes. Uh, That's awesome. so we, we keep a, a, a pretty good amount of in-house engineers, um, mm. and, uh, and a staffed R and D team, uh, as well. I uh, kind of work in conjunction with one another. Um, and any, you know, sometimes it's, you know, new products for a new platform coming out, new engine, new car. Uh, sometimes it's us kind of sitting around brainstorming be like, man, what is the marketplace missing? Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's tips from, uh, from customers, you know, from, uh, you know, Joe Smith building this hot rod in his garage and being mm -hmm. like, Hey man, why didn't somebody make this? Uh, yeah. um, so we, we uh, can, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and I, uh, so when people call in with that stuff, like, uh, Oh, it doesn't happen a lot, but every now and then you'll get somebody call in. It does get, you know, I'll hand it up the food chain. Um, yeah. And uh, it doesn't necessarily mean we'll jump right on it, but oh, we've got a team of guys that kind of look into the marketplace to get an yeah. idea of like, hey, do we think we could sell enough of these to warrant, um, you know, the, the R&D cost and, and engineering time and everything that we'll have to put into it. That's pretty cool. I, that would be a fun job. I mean, absolutely. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's probably those guys, the I can only like, there's this big round table in the middle and there's like all these people just like writing shit down on like no, no pads and stuff <laughs> going everywhere. And they're like, yeah, that'll work. So, all right. Well, um, I won't keep you much longer cause it's late. It's like after nine now, I'm sure as old as we are, we probably need to get towards bed. Um, what's the future of comp cams in, uh, in, from your perspective? Man, that's a, um, that's a tougher question to answer today than it was this time last year. Um, you know, after the merger, um, so we've, we've got a lot of new uh, management and everything. So you're always, um, you know, uh, I kind of think, you know, they, they've given us a general idea in, in what direction we're going to sail the ship, uh, mm -hmm. but maybe not exactly told us the stops we're hitting along the way just yet. Um, right. So, uh, but, you know, I mean, definitely the, you know, to, to continue to grow, um, to stay on the leading edge, um, mm -hmm. in our segment, uh, to continue to develop new parts for new, uh, new engine platforms and everything coming out and to continue to expand, um, you know, as much as, as we do in the performance market and that, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, that's what we love. Like that's, that's mm -hmm. why we work where we work. 
Yep. Um, but we also, we, we do a lot of industrial stuff. We do a lot of, oh, cool. um, like, you know, outsourced engineering, uh, for other companies, um, even for OE manufacturers sometimes. That's um, cool. Uh, so, and, um, Edelbrock is even a little bit more keyed in on doing some of that industrial stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. we do like right now, if you, if you buy a new John Deere combine, it's got an Edelbrock supercharger on it. It's not what? on the engine. Yeah, yeah. It's not on the engine. It's on the bottom side of the uh, combine, and they use it as an air blower uh, what to the blow grain out away from the engine. Uh, so yeah, if you if you go and buy a John Deere dealership that's got some combines out, you go check <laughs> it out. Like everything on that dude is green except this one little silver supercharger <laughs> sitting underneath. It sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, is it uh, like a, like a roots blower? Yeah, yeah, it sure is. That's yeah, why. Who the heck comes like up with that? They just use it for an air blower to blow grain away from the engine. Uh, wow. So we're always looking for innovative spots we can step in and uh, <laughs> yeah. sell some stuff. That's cool. Well, uh, what's the future for you, dude? Like you stay in, you hanging out and like raising kids? Yeah, yeah. You know, one day maybe I'll have to grow up and get a real job, but uh, today's <laughs> not that day. That's awesome. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to ask you the, the last four questions I got here, and it's ones I ask everybody. So All right. I, I think you'll be a good one for this one. So what's the fastest you've ever driven, but then also the fastest you've ever ridden with somebody? Um, the fastest mile per hour wise I've ever driven is 173. Um, the fastest I've ever ridden with somebody is actually not much different, but it was 177. Dang, that's awesome. Did, did that in the Cobra, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, thank you. That was actually, that was in a Ferrari. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so are you a, a WD-40 or PB Blaster kind of guy? Oh, man, you can't go wrong with WD-40. It's a classic. Yeah. Yeah, there you and, go. and it, it smells, smells way, way better. better. <laughs> <laughs> that every, every, like 90% of people say they use PB Blaster, but gum, it stinks. <laughs> Man, it does. It does. Like, don't get me wrong. It's great. Uh, yeah. But as far as what I keep here at the house, it's uh, it's WD-40. That's awesome. So are you a, you a gloves or bare hands kind of guy when you're working on the on the Monte Carlo? You know. You don't work on the Cobra. Hagen. <laughs> oh, uh, oh. It depends on what I'm doing. Uh, if it's general work, I'm a bare hands kind of guy. If it's touching internal engine parts, I'm a gloves kind of guy. Because um, awesome. slight side note, uh, touching some internal engine parts with your bare hands gets your little skin oil on there and can form <laughs> corrosion and rust spots. So uh, especially when it comes to valve springs, don't do that. Hey, listen, I, one time, one time, I do one time. <laughs> Okay, I, I broke through them, it's fine. Bit 17 <laughs> push rods, it doesn't matter. We just kept throwing new stock push rods in until I finally had to, y'all listen, I'm, I'm just gonna tell a story before I ask the last question. Uh, <laughs> call Aaron on a Tuesday night, the uh, charity drag race is Saturday. Tuesday night, like 10 o'clock, I'm like, dude, I need a whole new, I need springs, retainers, lockers, new push rods, all this kind of stuff. You overnighted it. No, it was Wednesday. So, and you overnighted yeah, Thursday. Right. So I got it Friday. So I could, I was in the shop 
Friday night till 3 a.m. getting ready for the drag race for the old truck. The old truck made it, it ran a 15.4 with the turbo LS in it and uh, a whole way off Not tune. And the like, truck's best day, but it did no, show up and run. No, right. So all stock 4.8, all stock 4L80, stock converter ran a 16.2, and I put a turbo cam, big converter, everything ran a 15.4. This year, I'm hoping we'll run a 14. We'll see. So. <laughs> we'll race you in Project Loophole. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You probably beat me. Um, all right, last question here. So unlimited budget. You're not writing a check. Somebody's building it for you because you're a great guy. What is your dream car? Ooh, man. that That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, I mean, you know, on the, on the one hand, I, I'd want to jump straight to like a like – a, compound boosted you know that mid 2000s gt from ford mm. um you know i i could be all about a 2020 shelby gt 500 <laughs> um oh cobra kick car um you know with like a maybe like a like a pro charge small block or something mm -hmm. uh, but overall uh and it, it's not nearly as cool as any of those others i i think i would uh i would go back and build a fairly high horsepower, fun street notchback box body Mustang. I Hell miss yeah. my old one, and I just—I <laughs> mean, that that car's got a special place in my heart. Oh, dude! Hey, I listen, I passed a maroon notch the other day. I was just like, hmm. <laughs> no, we graduated twenty years ago. Twenty, yep. like <laughs> more than twenty. So, all right, dude. Hey, I want to say thanks for like hanging out with us. Uh, certainly appreciate all the insight into comp cams and uh, I'm gonna put your uh, comp email address uh, down below and if anybody has any random questions or just wants to give you shit uh, they can definitely email you at work and it'll make it look like you're doing stuff that's right that's right <laughs> I need that so, no right that's right all right buddy hey thanks again man I appreciate it absolutely thanks Mike yeah dude see you all right, guys. Thanks so much. If you're still around, we certainly appreciate you listening all the way to the end. Uh, we will have Aaron on in the future um, as more products become available, and he has a ton of great stories. So we'll have him back on to tell some of those stories and uh, about some of the products and and how you can maybe get involved in uh, and be one of his customers. So, all right, here we go. Thanks so much.